Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. I don't believe it's by chance that even the Lord has spoken in, into this meeting. You know, I, I believe that it lines up with what I just want to share tonight, what God's laid on my heart. As we come to the end of this series of, called Revive, the series all about revival. And if you have a Bible tonight, can you please turn to Psalm 85. Psalm 85, and we're going to read verse 1 to 13 together. It will be on the screen behind me as well, but Psalm 85. Psalm 85. And it says, You, Lord, showed favor to your hand. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, God our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. But let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That his glory might dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord indeed will give what is good. And our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. You know, as we've seen in this series, a revival, revival is awakening, it's a revitalization, it's a return to a former glory within the church, within the people of God, where God moves within the church and causes his people to have a fresh passion for him again, to fall in love again, with him again, to put him first. And you know, this series has been incredible looking at all the revivals of the past and seeing the biblical principles and keys to revival. And tonight we come to this last message. And as I was just praying, the Lord laid this title on my heart, A Cry for Revival. I believe this is the perfect way to end this series, is that there needs to be, with all this that has been said in the weeks gone by, I pray that God has inspired us and stirred something within our spirits to call upon the Lord again. To cry out upon the Lord again for revival. You know, a couple of weeks ago, God gripped my heart again with, with some of the themes from, from Psalm 85. It's an incredible psalm. I know the tit- it's titled in, in my Bible, Revive Us Again. That's the cry of the psalmist. That God would revive the people again. His people, that we, he would revive them again. You know, this psalm is likely a, it's likely a snapshot into... Israel's spiritual decline for many years. They were, you know, we see right the way throughout the Old Testament, don't we, that Israel, one minute they were loving God, they were faithful to God. The next minute they were worshiping idols. They had turned totally away from the Lord. And you know, this psalm is likely coming out of one of those moments where, where Israel are on the decline, where they're going backwards, where there's this spiritual apathy that's coming to the hearts of their people. And you know, that's, that's what typically happens when we begin and the people of God take their eyes off Jesus when we start looking at ourselves and everything else and get more consumed with things of this world and the love of this world, it, 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 it uh, quenches the fire of God within our hearts. 
It, the, that passion, that love that we once had for Jesus just gets totally obliterated. And you know, also even the cares of this world, the struggles, the difficulties from this world, that can quench that fire, that passion, that desire we have from the Lord. And it can happen to us no matter who you are, no matter how young or old you are, no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord. We all go through times like that, don't we? Times when we're on fire, and then there's other times where we can be cold and we can struggle and we feel a million miles away from the Lord. And maybe uh, at this time of the psalm, when the psalmist was writing, writing maybe the generation was, was like that described in Judges chapter 2, verse 10, where it says, This whole generation were a generation who did not know the Lord or the work he had done. Can you imagine that? A generation that knew nothing about the goodness of God, knew nothing about the presence of God, knew nothing about him. You know, as we look in our society, our society is becoming a, very much a society like that, that knows nothing of God knows nothing about who he is, knows nothing about the Bible, knows nothing about it. Even children, as I said, you know, you know, I've been working in the school and, you know, I worked in the younger years and even the children from, you know, when I was growing up in assemblies and stuff, Bible stories were told and all that. Those days are long gone. You know, you don't, it's very few and far between schools. You find that these days where, where there's the teaching of God's word. Our generation is growing up outside who know nothing of God. You know, we resemble maybe this generation in Judges who, who knew nothing of God. But in this psalm, it, it provides some incredible perspectives on revival, but also it teaches us some approaches to revival, how we are to approach revival. And, and I just pray that these fourth steps that, that God has laid on my heart from this passage will encourage you to pray again for revival. And you know, I want to encourage you as well, not just to pray for revival generally, to pray for revival for yourself. That's what I've been doing. You know, I've been praying, God, revive me. I need it. It starts with me. Revive me. And I want to encourage you to provide, pray for revival for your own heart before we pray for everybody else. Start, it starts with us. It starts with me individually. It starts with you individually. So let's just, I pray that some of these key themes would, would encourage us. And the first approach to revival that we need to have is to look backwards. Looking backwards. You know, the psalmist here, he begins by reflecting on God's past works. He begins thinking about all that God had done in the past in his life. And you know, that brought incredible encouragement to his spirit. It, it brought reassuring confidence about the character of God. It reminded, him, it reminded him of who God was, of the incredible things God had done in his life. You know, in verse 1 and 3, he praises the Lord for, for past favor, for how God had restored him and how God had restored the people. He gives thanks to God for, for his forgiveness, how he had forgiven him. He thanks God for the mercy that God had shown him time and time again. And I wonder tonight, as we think about that, how has the Lord lavished you with favor in days gone by? How has God blessed you in times gone by? How has he restored your life? Think about times when God has restored you where you'd messed up when you failed, where there's no hope. Think about some time when God has picked you up out of the muck and the mire. Think about how much he's forgiven you. How often do we do that? Do we actually think about how much God has actually forgiven me of the mess I was in and the, how, the, you know, how I deserve punishment and wrath because of the things I've done, but how God has forgiven. Think about how God has shown you mercy. You know, that's something God's even been reminding me of recently, the mercy of God. It's incredible, it blows my mind when I think about how merciful God is towards me. How merciful he's been towards me when I didn't deserve it. You know, he's shown mercy to me. 
but also the grace that comes alongside that. How incredible. And you know, the psalmist encourages us before we start looking ahead and before, you know, we start moving forward, it's good to look backwards and just to remind ourselves of the goodness of God in the past, the faithfulness of God, of who God has been to us in the past. And also for us as a church, I think it's good for us sometimes to look back as a church to see the faithfulness of God in this church. You know, it's, it's incredible. A year in most weeks, of people just come up to me and share different stories of how God did something in the past. You know, often when I'm talking with my grandfather uh, at the back, at the start of church, in the morning or in the evening, you know, he'll often share about how God did this thing in the past, how God moved in this way. And it's encouraging. It's encouraging to remind ourselves how God has been faithful to us as a church. But you know, that should encourage us and remind us that if he's been faithful then, he's going to be faithful now and he's going to be faithful in the future. And you know, that's what the Lord has even spoken in this church tonight, that he is the same God who's done incredible things in the past. He's the same God today and he's the same God who's able to do it again in the future. And not, you know, that's my prayer is that God wouldn't do the things of the past again in this church, but God would do something new. That God would do something greater that would bring him glory for this time and this generation. You know, we don't want to repeat of the 1904 revival. I don't want to repeat of that. I don't want to repeat of the 1919 revival. I want God to do something, whatever he wants to do today in a new way, in a fresh way. But as we look back, may it inspire us and encourage us. Yeah, God, thank you. Look who you were. Look what all you've done in my life. I know when we do that, it's surprising how faith begins to build in our hearts. How we begin to start to get encouraged again. Oh yeah, God, I remember how you brought me through that. Yeah, if you can bring me through that, God, you can bring me through this. That's no type of trouble for you. You know, it brings incredible encouragement to us. And I want to encourage us, and the psalmist encourages us, to look back, look backwards. Because if God can manifest his character in that way, in the past, he can do it again. And he will do it again. Because he's a faithful God. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. You know, times may change. We might change. Our God never changes. He's always the same. He's the God we can always turn to. He's the God who's always merciful, compassionate, rich in mercy. You know, slow to anger. That is the God in whom we serve. The second thing the, the psalmist encourages us to do. Not only look backwards, but to look upward. To look upward. You know, like the writer here, like, like the psalmist says here, we must cry out in faith to God. Will you revive us again? Notice how, how the psalmist, he, he doesn't look around. He doesn't tell his friends saying, can you do something? Can you start getting encouraged again? He doesn't say, will you remind me of some things that God has done? Where does the psalmist turn? He says, God, will you revive us again? He looks upward and he realizes, only God, you can do this. It's only you can revive us. Nobody else. It's not by might or power. It's by you, God. Only you can revive us again. You know, to revive, it means to bring back to life. You know, when we revive somebody, you know, somebody who's, who's just passed away, maybe, or somebody who's just suffocated, and it means to bring back to life. It means to bring back to life. And that's what the psalmist is saying. It's incredible, isn't it? This man of God is praying, God, bring me back to life again. And not just to this life or the life of this world. Bring me to back to a life in you. Awaken that. You know, I, I believe so often, you know, that as a church, I pray for the life of God within this place. I long for this place to be full of the life of God. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And life, what? Well, more abundantly. 
not just a little bit of life, not so you can moan and groan and grumble and just plod along. I long for this place to be teeming with life. You have people who are so alive, and not just alive, you know, just bouncing around, alive with the presence of God, alive in the spirit of God, alive in the things of God, passionate about the things of God. It's so sad to see churches who are just boring and, and traditional and routine and just the same old, same old, and there's no life. But you know, we serve a God who is alive. Our God is raised to life. And he has breathed his life in you and in me. And this isn't just an ordinary life. It's not just our life. It is the life of God. The resurrection is his resurrected life is in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The spirit who raised God from the dead is alive in you and me. We are not a dead people. We're alive because of what Jesus has done. And I pray that we as a people would be alive. This place would be alive with his praises. Alive with the, his name being lifted up. Alive. There would be a joy in this place. There would be a presence within this place. There would be life in this place that would just draw people and say, what is different about you? And we can say, I've been made alive because of my God. My God has saved me. I've got a, I'm a new creation in him. I have a hope and a future in him. I know his presence in my life. That's what I'm praying for. That is what I am believing for. And you know what the psalmist says? The psalmist says, God, it's only you who's able to do this. We can't breathe life into this place. No matter how much we try, we can't breathe life into this place. But just like in the very beginning of creation, God breathed his life into the nostrils of Adam. And God is still the God who breathes his life into his people. And it is only God who is able to breathe his life in this place. And you know that is my prayer. God, revive us again. God, revive us again. Let your life come into us again. You know, I, it's, I, I pray that, that, we was, this plea, that every single one of you would be excited to come. And not just excited because we're here. Excited because we're coming to worship God. I pray that every person who walks through these doors would be excited. I can't wait to get in church. I can't wait to be with my brothers and sisters and share of what God's doing. I pray for that. But only God who is able to do it. And the psalmist says, he says there, God, will you not revive us again? And it's got to be the same for us tonight. We can't look anywhere else. The revival's not going to come from me. It's not come, we're going to come through us doing different things. The revival is going to come through God. Only God can revive. Only him and him alone. So the psalmist, he, looked back, he looks backwards. That brings encouragement. He, begin, he then looks upwards because this, by looking backwards, is caused him to look upwards to God again, to turn to God again. He says, God, will you revive us? He does something else then. Number three, he begins looking forward. He doesn't keep his focus back there. He looks up there and he looks out there. He keeps looking forward. And you know what? The psalmist begins to get this assurance, this strong assurance, and something begins to build in his heart. And it's this anticipation that builds within his heart. Anticipation, this excitement. And this excitement begins to build because he knows that God is going to respond to his cry. And he's excited because of what God is going to do. And you know, that's how I feel even tonight. Even just sharing about, even on Friday night, I was excited. Not because of what we are doing, because of what I believe God is going to do. And there's this excitement. And you know, once this excitement begins to birth in our hearts, nothing can stop it. When the church begins to stop looking backwards and start moving forward, nothing can stop it. You know, I've been praying for God, a holy momentum. 
that there'll be a snowball effect that people will come in and then more and more people will come and people will start getting saved and more people will get saved and there'll be healings and miracles but also that there will be an excitement within the place an anticipation that people will come and they'll be hungry and be like i can't wait to go because i'm excited to see what god's going to do you know i believe god's going to save today you know i'm excited to bring my friends along my family along because i believe god's going to meet with them there's this anticipation that god is going to do something great and he expresses that in verse 10 to 13. He talks about the steadfast love of God. He mentions the faithfulness of God, the righteousness of God. He mentions the peace and the goodness and the blessing of God. He believes that God's going to do it. It's going to be a blessing that comes. God's going to do something great. I know that is the great need in our nation today. The great need in our nation is not a political need. That is not the answer. The answer isn't in politics. It's not in finances it's not in education it's not in medicine the answer for our nation lies with our god and it's when the people of god turn to god again and say yeah boris johnson we've got the answer our god is the answer our god can come through our god has got the plan for this nation you know and that that's what we as a believers may we have that anticipation may we have that excitement you know we need god to move again powerfully through his church you know, uh, on Monday, just gone, this week, just gone, met up with some of the local pastors. And you know, there's just a constant theme. Yeah, God is blessing in little bits, and so they're starting to see little things, but it's just this constant theme amongst all the local pastors is, God, we need you to do it. God, we need a revival again. And we just prayed on Monday morning. You, they met you in church, and we just prayed, God, revive our churches. God, only you can do it. That is the hope. That is the future we have. The future that we have is you, God. The future is in you, God. And may we look forward to all that you are going to do. You know, some people today, they, they might confuse a revival with, with big conferences and all these events and getting church cele Christian celebrities, big preachers along and all these different things. But I love what Stephen Alford said. He says this about revival. He says, revival is ultimately Christ himself seen, felt, heard, living, active, moving, in and through his body on earth that is a perfect definition of revival it's jesus here with us in us his spirit at work in us his presence at work in us that's what revival is it's jesus just being amongst his people and not in a building like i've said god longs to move through you god longs to revive you not the building god isn't going to revive this building he's going to revive you he's going to revive me we are the church we are the people we are the body of christ and you know we need god to move again and we need to look forward. I believe that. We can't keep looking back at the old revivals. May all that God has done in the past be a springboard for us to look forward. To look up to him as our answer and to look forward into all that he is going to do. And number four, very quickly, as we come to a conclusion, is looking beyond. Looking beyond. You know, as we look at this psalm, we must ask this question. What is the purpose of revival? What's the actual purpose of this revival? What's the purpose of revival? Is it just for people to get saved? What's the purpose? Is it for a church to be have its name in, in Wales Online or in all the headlines? On, is that the purpose of revival? Well, two times in Psalm 85, the, the writer gives the goals for revival or the, the, the reason for revival. Two things he says. And it's indicated by this word, that. That. And he, this is what he says. He says, will you not revive us again? This is the first one. 
that your people may rejoice in you. That's the first purpose of revival, is that there will be a real joy for God again amongst the people. There will be a love for God and a joy to worship God and come into his presence and serve him and belong to him. It'd be a joy. That's the first purpose of revival. There'd be a joy amongst the people for God. And number two, that glory may dwell in our land. And that's the second goal of revival, is that God's glory would be seen. He would be glorified and his glory would fill our land. That's what it's about, God being glorified in and through it all. It is all about him. To God be the glory, great things he has done. It is always for him. The glory is always for him. So God sends revival, not just for our joy, not just for our satisfaction or our salvation. He brings revival so he might be glorified. And the people, his people would turn to him again. And God longs for any distractions, any idols to be gone. That's what happens in revival is that we turn away from idols. We turn away from things that we've got a grip of that's taken the place of God in our lives. And we turn back to him. There's a joy for him. And his glory is made known throughout the nation. So as we come to a conclusion tonight, we see it's interesting. This psalm is this cry for revival. But what's interesting about this psalm is that it's not just the cry of one man. This psalm is a cry. It's a united cry. It's not just a cry of one guy, it's a united cry. This, this psalm, Psalm 85, is being written to the sons of, Co- of Korah and for the choir master. So basically this psalm was given to be sung. It's for the people of God to sing this psalm. Isn't that amazing? This psalm is a song to be sung. God, will you not revive us again? It's not just a cry of one guy, it's a united cry for the people of God. That's what this psalm is all about. And the worship leaders of the day would have taken this psalm and it would have been the latest psalm. It would have been number one in iTunes at the time. It would have been the number one hit at that time. And it was meant for the people of God to sing and cry out together. Not just one man's cry, a united cry. God, revive us again. God, revive us again. I know that's been my prayer for this series. As God has stood in my heart, God, we need revival. This is something that's so close to my heart, but I pray that it wouldn't just be on my heart. It'd be a united cry in this church that every single one of us would realize and recognize, God, we need you. God, I need a revival. We need a revival. It'd be a united cry and song from this church. The sound of revival, that's what I'm praying for. God, there would be a sound of revival coming out from this church. Maybe those who are more musical, maybe we could put it to a song. Maybe we could sing it on a Sunday. But incredible. It's a united cry and that cry is Lord revive us again and that's my cry and I pray it's our cry as a church oh Lord will you revive us again will you revive us again amen shall we pray thanks again for listening to this podcast to hear more messages like this one make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes for more content from Gateway and to connect with us Go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.